Welcome to more than a few words in marketing podcasts for small business owners. My name is Lorraine Ball, and I help small businesses become big businesses. And today, along with Jay Mattingly, hello, hello, listeners. We have Rocky Walls dropping in from Twelve Star Media. Rocky, can you hear yeah, me? Yeah, I'm, I'm here. Yep, I'm here. Okay, Rocky, how you doing this morning? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. This morning we're going to talk about video um, because clearly we have stronger video skills than we have podcasting skills. So, um, again, with um, what do you see as far as trends, um, adoption rates among small business owners using video? Well, I think video itself is kind of a, an upward trend right now. I think that small businesses. Uh, in the past several years, really haven't haven't used much video. Um, I actually just spoke with a good friend of mine yesterday. Uh, he was asking me about um, kind of new ways to market uh, a business, and and he was asking me, "Gosh, you know, Rocky, should I um, should I invest some money in putting together a, a short television commercial and putting it on some of the local?" Um, you know, cable stations, and and then, or you know, should I should I just do things on the web? And I, you know, I said I said, wow, I said, you know, it really depends entirely on what you want to do. And one of the things that I think is interesting is that a lot of people still kind of throw video all in the same bucket. And there are so many different ways to use video on the web and on television and all over the place in email marketing, social video, and all of that stuff. It's just uh, I think I think we're just now beginning to see small businesses really start to experiment with it. So as as they experiment, are there are there some guidelines and some things that small business owners should um, pay attention to in their video? Um, you know, rules of making a good video, or how to make a really bad one. Gosh. Um, well, let's let's take your approach and just kind of be fun with it. I, I mean, how to make a really bad one. I mean, I think if you want to make a horrible video, the first thing you should do is try and make it as long as possible. Good, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, five, ten minutes, that should pretty much definitely, definitely, five to ten minutes should do the trick um, if, you really, if you really want to make sure people don't watch your video. Um, the interesting thing about that is that, first of all, even if someone does start watching your video, um, they're probably not going to watch the whole darn thing if it's if it's very lengthy at all. Um, secondly, most people, you know, the first thing that you do when you click that play button is you look down in the bottom right-hand corner and find out how long this is. You're looking and you're saying to yourself, okay, how long am I going to be sitting here? And if you see five minutes, ten minutes, um, chances are pretty good that you're going to say, you know what, I don't have time for this right now. And even if you have the very best intentions, uh, as a viewer, and you feel like, you know what, I really, really do want to watch this, you're probably going to say, I'm going to come back later, and in truth, you probably never will. Um, so, you know, keeping videos uh, short is actually the positive thing to do here, um, all jesting aside. Uh, you know, two minutes is, you know, it tends to be kind of a, a rule of thumb, but I say I say even shorter is, is better. I say if you can get into uh, 60 seconds or less, that's fantastic. Um, you know, the I, I think. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think Go you're. Ab- I was thinking you're absolutely right because um, usually around 45 seconds, I minimize the screen. I keep the video going so I can hear what the person is saying, but I'm already opening other windows on my um, on my computer. 
Sure, absolutely. Yeah, and 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 losing attention at that point. You know what I mean? You're not. You know, you may be still listening, but chances are probably pretty good that, um, you know, the whole purpose of the of the video and the message may not be getting through to you at that point. The the second thing, if you if you want to make an awful video, um, the second thing to do is to try and communicate everything you can, um, all the information. Try and give people as much information as possible. Um, that actually, believe it or not, is probably one of the top two or three mistakes that I see people making when they want to create or produce a video. Um, they feel like, I guess, because you know, there's some investment involved, whether it's time or money or both, that they want to get the biggest bang for their buck. And so they want to communicate as much information as possible using the video. And uh, actually, it ends up coming back usually to bite them in the butt. One of the things that I always tell folks is to think of a video as a stimulus to get your viewer to do something else. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be after kind of uh, creating a video that when a person is done watching it, they feel like their life is complete and, oh, now I have all the answers that I need. Unless you've sold that video and made your money already by selling the video, um, really all you want your video to do is get your viewer to realize the value of what you're proposing to them and do something else, that call to action, which might be, um, you know, hey, watch this video and then sign up for our newsletter, or watch this video and then contact us, call us on the phone or email us, or watch this video and buy this product. Um, if, if they watch the video and they feel like they've already got everything they need, then you've lost a potential subscriber or customer or whatever it might be that you're looking to convert that viewer to. Absolutely. Um, Jay, what lessons, what do you think to like or don't like? Yeah, you know, I would be interested to hear, Rocky, because you spend so much time working with uh, different clients doing video, um, are there any really just interesting or unique examples of small business owners leveraging video um, in kind of a unique way that you've seen that really stood out to you? Yeah, I mean, and this, you know, this you may kind of take this as, as a little bit of a cop-out, but it's really the truth. Um, the, the thing that's interesting to me is that the the folks that we've worked with that tend to do the best with video, um, and I'll throw out a couple. Um, you know, and 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 if they're listening, that's great. But uh, you can you can follow them on on Twitter, follow them on Facebook, follow them on YouTube, and see some of these videos. But there's a small restaurant um, on the east side of Indianapolis called the Tie Dye Grill. They oh, I love they, them. I love their food they, and their fun on Twitter. Exactly. There you go. And that's what, Jay, to answer your question, that's what, that's what is so unique and that's what's so neat is that the tie-dye grill has a unique brand. They're, they're fun. They're edgy. They're, they're, just, they're just great people, and they use video to showcase it. So like I was saying, it's kind of a generic answer, but the truth is the most unique ways that I've seen people use video are to be themselves and to be unique and showcase that uniqueness. Who are your people in your organization? What do they like? What do they do? What are some of the behind-the-scenes things that go on that people don't get to see every day? All of that kind of stuff is the stuff that really makes you relatable and builds that relationship. That's what we say. We say, we say you know, your videos ultimately, our mission is to create videos that are so real and simple they change audiences into relationships. And how do you do that? But by getting to know someone. Absolutely, and I think, um, you know, I mean, and, and I have a lot of experience doing corporate videos, and 
you know, with the perfect lighting and the perfect hair and, and makeup and edits and takes and retakes. And I don't know that that necessarily plays well in the YouTube world. What do you think? Um, I, I don't. I don't. I, here's my thought on that. I, I, I feel like um, YouTube obviously has opened the door for people to consume a video that isn't as highly produced. So it's it's acceptable now for you to show up on a video and not be wearing makeup. And in some ways, even beyond acceptable, it's almost um, it's almost more valuable. Because at this point, you know, I'm watching a video and I feel like, wow, because this isn't so highly produced, it must be somehow more real. And therefore, I can believe it more. And therefore, I want to trust these people all that much more. And so, you know, there's something to be said for having decent lighting and making sure that the message that you're communicating is coming across clear. But at the same time, when somebody is thinking about creating video for YouTube or producing a regular online video content, I think those things are much less important than the kind of the, the content or the value of what it is that you're saying and what it is that you're trying to tell, the story that you're, that you're telling. And, and I think that as you're, as you're talking about the evolution of video and the way it's shot, um, you kind of dig into some misconceptions that people with previous experience uh, with what Lorraine did with the with the large scale video shoots where that's what they think they have to absolutely shoot video. Um, and and you probably run into this a lot more than we do. As you work with small business owners who may be a little bit reluctant to get into the video game, uh, what are some of the most common um, roadblocks that they, they feel that they see in in working with video? Well Two things come to mind. Um, probably some of the most common roadblocks, you'd be surprised because we do work a lot with small businesses, although we work a lot with large businesses as well. Um, we have uh, several large organizations, a couple of Fortune 500 companies, in fact, that use video on a regular basis using our service. And the thing that's ironic about it, the thing that's funny, is that sometimes, and I don't mean, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't mean to offend anyone, but sometimes. The people who have the littlest understanding of how to produce video produce the very best videos <laughs> because of because of that very be, that very same thing that we've been talking about. And that if, you know, if you have a marketing background, if you have experience in shooting video and editing video in the past, sometimes that can gum up the works, and it can kind of I don't know, it can kind of turn your videos into more of a marketing piece than just a genuine. Um, video that shows who you are and what you do. And there is, I mean, there is a difference. It's all marketing, don't get me wrong. I don't think any of us, you know, set out to make videos completely for the fun of it and don't ever hope that uh, it'll ever turn, you know, someone into a, into a customer or at least a, someone who, you know, advocates for our business and likes our, likes our company. Um, but I think that, you know, there is also an element of, hey, you know what, I don't have to slap people in the face with, um, buy this now every single time I create a video. Um, you know, and we've talked about that ever since, you know, the whole social media bubble or whatever um, you want to call it. We all know, you know, how much how much further we can get without, uh, you know, selling and self-promoting and all of that stuff. So we don't need to rehash that. But the thing that small businesses do struggle with, though, and actually I see it being less of a small business issue and more of a um, – 
just people in general issue is that people do still sometimes struggle with getting on camera themselves and what do I do um, when I don't feel comfortable on camera. I, you know, I, I turn the camera on and all of a sudden now I'm tripping over every word I say. And that seems to be a struggle no matter who you are uh, or no matter where you come from. Some people tend to struggle with that. You know, I've, um, and, and I've shot a lot of video, and I am never comfortable with um, how I look on camera, and I, uh, I'm so critical, and that sort of running critique kind of carries over into the shooting of my next video. So there's always, I yep. think, that undercurrent of, wow, I'm not going to be happy, I don't like how it looks. And I think, you know, going back to something you said earlier, just kind of getting over it, my favorite video, my favorite, favorite video that we shot was we were being a little bit silly in the office talking about the rules of round peg and kind of what our culture was about. And I just whipped out the camera. And yep. the result was just this really fun piece. And at the last minute, um, our intern sort of popped her head in the, in the office very spontaneously. We couldn't have planned it and had the closing line in the video. And in a million years, we couldn't have scripted that. Right. It would never have come off, um, but it totally sold the video. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and it sold the video because it was real and it was authentic. And people can watch it and get to know a little bit about who you are and, and what you do and what your culture is like. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, I think, uh, you know, you're also talking about, you know, that idea of sort of being afraid of what you sound like. I think getting a little bit of speech training, if, as a company owner, if you're seriously thinking that you want to be the brand spokesperson, and I don't know that I necessarily believe that you have to be, but if you choose to be the voice of your company, a little bit um, of training with somebody like Ellen Donegan from Accent on Business um, could uh, really make a difference in terms of giving you a little bit of polish. Yeah, absolutely. If, if that's something that, you know, if, if you're going to be in front of a camera and you are, are a kind of person who feels like, you know what, I really want to polish up those, those speaking skills, that can absolutely be, um, be extremely helpful. One of the other things, too, um, that really plays into that, I think, is a lot of people have a misconception about what they need to do to prepare for being on video. Um, you know, we kind of live in a world where, uh, most of us have been trained, you know, we, we've got, you know, younger generations who are now very familiar with the idea of just being able to turn on a camera and shoot something anytime. Um, and being on YouTube is just kind of a, a natural thing that occurs for them. But for most of us, um, we remember, you know, we think about video primarily from the perception that we get from television and movies and things like that. And what does every television show and movie have? Um, well, a script. It's all been written, and it has a script, and for some reason, I think that's been kind of ingrained into our perception of how video should um, be created, when actually a script usually hinders uh, a typical person, an average person, uh, from being able to perform well when they're in front of a camera. Uh, the reason is because most of us aren't actors or actresses. Most of us can't remember word for word a script or gosh, even a sentence for that matter, and then recite it in such a way that it comes across very believable and authentically. Um, you know, we would all we would all be like we would all be like Shane Mattingly on our way to winning an Oscar if uh, 
if that were the. Well, like I say, you know, not everybody needs six hours of prep time before shooting a video, but some of us do. <laughs> you know, exactly. one of the funniest experiences that I had um, was really the only time in my life that I had ever written a script out that I was going to deliver word for word, and it was actually in front of a live audience. Um, but I had rehearsed it and rehearsed it and rehearsed it, and um, I started to give the presentation and. In the middle of my speech, and my PowerPoint slides were behind me, and in the middle of my speech, um, a friend of mine jumped up and started waving at me madly to look at my slides. And so I, you know, I looked down because I had a monitor at my feet and realized that I had lost my place in the script that I had memorized. And so what oh, I was no. saying had no relationship to um, what was on the screen behind me, and I had to stop and look at the audience and explain that I, I wasn't really talking about that at that particular moment. Um, but I think that that happens to us with scripts, that we get so focused on saying every word exactly right that yeah. we don't have time to pay attention to the nuances of tone and emphasis, or we completely lose our place, and then we really can't make our point. Exactly. Well, and that's, that's not how we talk. We don't, no. we, don't speak, we don't speak analyzing every single word that we say. Um, unless there's a camera on us, and then for some reason people, you know, tend tend to do that. We tend to be much more analytical, self-analytical, um, self-aware uh, when when the camera is on us. So I, I think one of the ways that I like to encourage people to to get ready for a video shoot, as opposed to writing down scripts or writing down really complete sentences in general, I just share with people, you know. We think and we communicate in natural conversation in thoughts, in, in complete thoughts and ideas. So just jot down bullet points or, or make, go back to high school and make a, a little web diagram. You know, write down your main point and then write down several little supporting bullet points around that. Um, that kind of thing will help you to kind of organize your thoughts and get yourself ready to make sure that, you know, if there are several points that you do want to be sure and cover – and make sure that you don't miss anything. But at the same time, it doesn't do what you're describing, and it doesn't it doesn't get you bogged so far down into the details of every single word I'm saying. It lets me think and complete ideas and be a lot more comfortable. Well, hey, Rocky, um, we have a question from uh, Drew Larison, and this may actually be more of a question for your partner, Zach, but he was wondering, and this is more on the technical side than the marketing side, um, have you used the new Final Cut Pro X? Um, and if you have, what do you think? <laughs> well, I can so tell I, you I, that we have not. We have not used the new Final Cut Pro. Um, Zach is sitting here. He was just telling me uh, just the other day, though, uh, because actually let me answer the question first completely, and then we actually uh, edit everything that we edit on um, Adobe Premiere and Adobe After Effects. Um, so we're all PC-based here. Uh, we do have an editor that, that works on a Mac sometimes, but he has not used the, the new Final Cut um, software yet either. Uh, Zach was telling me that some people are, are not super impressed. In fact, I think, Zach, you were saying that a lot of people are not impressed, and Adobe even, what did they do? They, I guess they slashed their prices so that people could migrate over. <laughs> I guess they're hoping that people are so disappointed wow. with Final Cut that that they'll migrate over to, to Adobe. So, I mean, obviously, you know, we haven't used it, so I can't really vouch for whether or not it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a good piece of software. But, um, but we, use, we do use uh, Adobe Premiere and all Adobe products uh, here at 12 Stars. So 
Good question, though. That's definitely a, a hot topic right now. I know there's a lot of a lot of people out there that are that are talking about that right now. See, my my answer to that, the question of, of what do I use um, to edit my video, the answer to that, Drew, is um, I use 12 Stars Media. Yeah. Well, it is it is a lot easier to have somebody else do it for you. <laughs> that's well, that's the truth of just about anything, huh? Yeah, yes. Um, but see, I, I, and, and okay, I'm, I'm going to do the shameless self, uh, the shameless plug because I know you won't plug it directly. Um, I have a flip cam, and I, I love it, and I can run around and I can shoot all sorts of video. Um, and it doesn't take me any time at all to shoot the video. But when I get in and try to edit it, I can suck away three and four hours of my time getting it to be just right, and it still won't be right. And the truth is, that's not what I get paid for. Um, and that's not a good use of my time. And your YouTube video product is just such a cool alternative. Well, that's and that's why we created it. And that's, I mean, that's the thing for us is that a lot of times people do struggle with that editing mm -hmm. process. And that's, you know, that's one of the things that I, I was, uh, I've been talking uh, to people about video for a long time, and we almost always get questions about that editing process because it's for one thing it's time consuming like you said and, and for another thing there's definitely a learning curve associated with it you can't just fire up one of those uh, editing software programs and, and just start generating uh, you know even any video at all let alone great quality video um, right off right off the bat it takes some takes some time uh, to learn it and, and it definitely costs money too because it seems like every time I run across a, a free video editing software or a, or a, a, a low-cost video editing software, it seems like it does just about everything you want it to do, but then there's always that one thing that you wish it would do that it doesn't. And you come to find out, oh, well, I need the this version for that, or I need the, the new, I need to upgrade or whatever. Oh, absolutely. Okay, so we are almost out of time. Um, what I, uh, I want to do is give you just a minute. If folks want to learn more about what you do, if they want to learn more about the You Do or We Do video projects, how do they track you down? Well, the best way is to just go to 12starsmedia.com. That's one, two, stars, plural, media.com. You can uh, learn a little bit about us, uh, of course, on the About tab, find out who we are and, and what we do, um, what kind of pizza we like, I think. Um, but then, of course, to, to follow us, we, we do love connecting with people on, on social media because it's just, such a, it's just such a quick and easy way to fire off questions. If you have any questions at all, um, you know, follow me at Rocky Walls, just like it sounds, uh, Rocky Walls on Twitter. Um, and then, of course, we do have 12 Stars Media on Twitter as well. And then you can connect with us, of course, on Facebook by looking up 12 Stars Media in addition. So. Awesome. Well, Rocky, thank you so much. I know that you're really busy. Um, Jay and I have really enjoyed having you. Absolutely. Thank you, Rocky. And, well, thank uh, you for having me. Oh, this is awesome. We'll have to have you back. Um, next week, uh, on more than a few words, we have uh, myself, Coach Matt Nettleton, and we're going to be talking about um, finding your client's pain, I think, unless, of course, Matt decides to change the topic completely on me. Defining Jay's pain. <laughs> good at that. Yeah, he is pretty good at picking up Jay's pain. There you go. Well, that that sounds like that sounds like a good one too. Awesome. Well, I hope you'll you'll dial in and listen to that. Um, for those of you that have been listening, uh, we've enjoyed. I hope you've enjoyed the program. We've enjoyed having you. 
Um, this has been another episode of More Than a Few Words. If you'd like to learn more about marketing, networking, and social media, be sure to check out our blog at www.roundpeg.biz. This has been another episode of More Than a Few Words. Thanks for listening.